Tony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bola Boys podcast. Today, we have a special episode uh, with a not-so-special host. It's myself, Kaiser, and we're back with two of our usual suspects, Rahul and Viz. How are you boys doing? I thought we were going to have a special guest, you know. I was going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <Who's> coming on? <laughs> but I just want to say I'm so happy that you're hosting this one, Kaiser. It's going oh, wow, to be, really? it's yeah. going to be one hell of a pod, bro. Oh wow! The re- the real reason uh, I'm hosting is because this couldn't be asked. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he knew it was his turn, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, why was like not? Kaiser, Kaiser, go, Kaiser, host. You know? <laughs> so yes. Anyway, uh, the special podcast today will be two massive previews for games happening this weekend. Unfortunately, it's been the international break. Uh, not much has been going on and we thought why not use this uh, episode to preview the two big games which are the Manchester Derby as well as the North London Derby. But before we get into it, we are happy to announce that this episode is sponsored by Fantasy Exchange. Fantasy Exchange is a new Premier League fantasy football game from Malaysia with a very interesting concept which combines trading cards with Fantasy Premier League where you can collect cards and build a team. There are season-long leagues which is the traditional FPL format, and weekly leagues where there is one in 30 winners per league with unlimited entries where users can win up to 1,000 ringgit in cash and prizes every week. You can play on desktop or on your mobile on www.thefantasyexchange.com. Sign up now using the code BOLABOYS to get a free pack worth 40 ringgit. All right, uh, now we'll wow, get into... Nice. Smooth. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The sponsors will be prouder. all right so now we'll get straight into it we'll start with the manchester derby uh due to viewer retention and also (laughs) we have a united uh, fan in the podcast (laughs) um so i'll start with sharing the league position so man city surprisingly are only second uh 17 points uh united are fifth at uh, having 12 points and i guess based on expectations from early start of the season that's um, I mean, expected for both teams, I'd say. Um, in terms of form, uh, Man City have won three of their last four games, with the other one being a draw. And United have actually won their last four games. I mean, I don't know when's the last time you could say that in the past few years. In the um, league, la. In the league? In the league, yeah. in the league, yes. Because the they lost yeah. the... You did lose in the Europa, yeah. yes. Thanks for the, uh, the clarification yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, I think the general sentiment with Man City being at home is that City are favourites. They are unbeaten this season. Haaland's on fire, which we'll talk about more. And they really don't have any key injuries. But um, do you think an upset could be on the cards? What's the sentiment um, around United fans? This? Uh, sentiment around United fans, I think, of course, a bit nervous like City at the end of the day. But the funny thing is, I'm actually quite confident because we've... United do have a pretty decent record at the Etihad, maybe bar last season. But usually when United are pragmatic, you know, they they know how to play on the counter against City, we tend to get the better of them. And why I feel that United are better away is because City have 
the onus to you know sort of attack more because they're the home side, yeah. right? That just sort of plays into United's game, and yeah. So I yeah, I'm pretty pretty confident. Have, have you seen a Have you seen a game like that this season where Ten Hag has been forced or yeah Liverpool um, set up like that? Liverpool, and we were very defensive. successful. Yeah. Okay. And so very you think he'll set up? Uh, he'll set up very similarly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. You see, in the first two games, what he sort of tried to do was, you know, play out from the back, try to control the game as much as he can, and it just didn't work out. So then, when you look at the third game, you see the shift. Number one in the players that came in, and it's yeah. just the way that the team is playing. It's more safe than anything. So, yeah. if you look at the the the, the score lines right for United in their four wins back to back, there's no like three zero four zero. You know, it's very like one nails, a lot of one nails, two one. You know, very low scoring, pragmatic football. Your three nil against Arsenal though. Three one. Against us, yeah, yeah. True, yeah, yeah. But yeah, even that gone. game, you see, even that game, right? We counterattack and won what essentially. True. I think a few things you can see. So, like Vis was saying that when United are pragmatic, so you think back to not always last season, but the first couple of years, that's when they started getting results against the bigger teams. So obviously they got a few results at City. They beat well. I don't know if they beat Liverpool, but they. Uh, there definitely were a few draws. I remember the FA Cup game as well. That's when they won. Because very similar to the game this season, actually, where Rashford scored then in the FA Cup game as well. I'm not mistaken, Vis. Um, so, yeah, I think the pragmatism, I think Eric Ten Hag is not afraid to do that. Like Vis said exactly there, they abandoned very quickly, getting David Eher to play out from the back. Uh, you know, and obviously that has managed to sort of... Uh, nullify a few of the mistakes they were making especially like the ones against Brentford so I think definitely I think definitely United have a chance because what United do and why they fed so well previously under Ole in these type of games is because you're asking a very very good group of players to you know be defensively sound and hit on the counter right so you know against any team they're going to be very dangerous but City, on the other hand, have been flawless, right? I think I would, I think yeah. it's fair to say this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've dropped a few points here and there, but it's almost in games where they didn't need to be on in, in full gear. The other thing which will be interesting to see is international breaks always throw up a surprise package. So mm. Eric Ten Hag is obviously he's had a preseason, but they've gone on the Asia tour and things like that. He's now got a, a two-week stretch where he's managed to work with a few of the players. Obviously, a few of them have gone off on international duty. But again, similarly, like how Jurgen Klopp has probably taken away the Liverpool players to work on the last two weeks, it'll be interesting to see what Eric Ten Hag has now said, okay, we've got these two weeks, let's work on this now. Um, yeah. So it'll be a definitely interesting game. Yeah, it's just interesting you mentioned that because you put it in Eric Ten Hag's perspective. But looking at Pep's perspective, I think, um, do we expect him to probably just keep uh, to the same style, right? Uh, he's... So for context, United have scored eight goals uh, this season in the Premier League. City has scored 23, almost three times more. And of course, the main man, Haaland, who has come up with 11 of those goals. I remember uh, pre-season when we were looking at Haaland, I was being optimistic and conservative. Very uh, conservative, saying that. <laughs> 15, saying, oh, hopefully he'll take time to bet in a bit. I mean, it's more being optimistic. 15 to 20 goals. He's already scored fucking 11, 11 goals in seven, in seven In the matches. league? Is he in the league? In yeah. The league. yeah. In the league, yeah. <laughs> in seven <laughs> matches. So, <laughs> that's actually such a joke. And the only way I see him stopping is if he has some sort of injury or something like that. So, 
I mean, we talked about Man United side, but what can we expect from City, Rahul? Probably just more of the same. Yeah, I think so. I think they've already shown, right, that maybe they were playing a, a less ideal version of themselves without a number nine. And this is what Pep wanted, right? So we always, you know, last season, we spent the whole season talking about, oh, do they need a number nine? Do they need someone to finish? And they still won the bloody league. And yeah. then now you see they've got this number nine here, and it's not just him. Look at Kevin De Bruyne; he's loving it. That that how many how many times has they scored? Have they scored that goal where Phil Foden or whoever's playing wide right receive the ball? De Bruyne makes the overlapping run, and then he just cross it, and he's a tap. Yeah, he's there like as, a, as we mentioned. You know? And that was again, and this is not something new. We saw it when Aguero was there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. this is what they and. Yeah, so I mean, as as good as uh, I mean, as promising as as United have been, I still don't think they are. You know, I, they are an improved yeah. side. I yeah. think they might. You know, they they show some cohesion. They show some structure because Eric Ten Hag, I think, is a good coach. But they are nowhere. You know, you look at the Europa League defeat. You look at even the Southampton game, for example. They are not there yet. You know, they're not there yeah. yet. So I think I'm if they do win, it will be because of City not being on their game rather than United doing anything like, you know. Yeah. No, I think I, I completely think the opposite. I think United <laughs> have won their games because <laughs> their defense has been so good recently. To uh, You mentioned the Europa game, Raul, that Europa back four wasn't the same back four that started <coughs> um, like the winning games, basically, like Varane and Martinez. I think both of them coming in I am confident enough to say I think they're the two best uh, centre-backs in the league right now based on form for me. And Only two goals conceded in the last four, four games. Four games, yeah. And I think... I think I, okay, I'm not confident saying this, but I actually think they will keep Haaland at bay. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> okay, so just for... <laughs> Just for... Oh, I can't uh, wait reference. for this game. I can't, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait for this wait. game now. We have to clip this part. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely going to be real now. Just for record's sake, so the previous season, City did a double over United and the season prior, uh, United beat um, City and also had a draw. Um, and so, I think we'll move on straight to the score predictions. I feel you guys have a, sort of a differing view. So, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think of the scoreline will potentially be. Shall, shall I go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> 2-0 to Man United. Woo! <laughs> Zero goals for Man City. Zero goals for Man City at Did the Etihad, bro. Mike Did drop. I hear that correctly? Jeez. <laughs> Man's been smoking today. <laughs> 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 All right, Rahul. Uh, I'll go the opposite. I think 2-0 City. 2-0 City. 2-0 City. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I find it hard to see a United win, to be honest. So I'm going to go... 1-1, one, one, I bet. C- no, no, no City, yeah, win yeah. City win as well. City win as well. 2-1. 2-1. 2-1. Fair, fair. Okay, okay. Wow, that'll be a very, very interesting game uh, to see after this weekend. We'll see the WhatsApp group will be popping off regardless. Uh, all right, so... Um, yeah, before we move on to the next game, we'll take a short break. I'll see you after the break. Alright, so the next huge game we have on the weekend is Arsenal versus Spurs, the North London derby, which has historically been known to be very, very exciting and high scoring usually. Um, Arsenal, surprisingly, sit in first place on 18 points and Spurs not far behind on third place, 17 points. Both have had a fantastic season uh, compared to the expectations before. 
Um, they both come into the game with uh, three wins out of the last four. And yeah, because Arsenal are at home and looking at the historical record, uh, Arsenal are favourites uh, for this game. They have a great record against Spurs at home and they are very much uh, in form, especially looking at the convincing 3-0 away win uh, last game to Brentford. Um, Rahul, what do you what do you think your thoughts are on this uh, Arsenal vs Spurs game? Because um, I feel both teams are in form, so it'll be quite an interesting uh, game. Yeah, I think when it comes to early season clashes like this, and we've had quite a disrupted season, right, because of the fixtures being postponed last weekend and things, it's quite hard to say. I think the fact that it's after an international break as well is less than ideal, because I think you know coaches having time to get players into rhythm and work on certain things won't be there. Yeah. But that being said, like you said, Arsenal top of the league, 18 points, Spurs on 17. So it's so close. Both of them uh, could be above each other at the end of the game or the other way around. Um, like you said, I think most North London derbies tend to be quite high scoring in recent times. I could be wrong if there were a couple of zero zeros or one ones in there, but they normally tend to be quite exciting. I think Spurs, despite uh, their results so far are maybe not quite there yet. I mm. mean, things can change straight away. Like people are saying Son was out of form and then he bangs a hat-trick coming off the bench. Yeah. You know, <laughs> things can definitely change. Yeah. But I think you even listen to what Antonio Conte has been saying after their games. He still doesn't know what their first, their, their best 11 is, right? And if your manager doesn't know what your best 11 is, how can you be consistently putting out... Uh, decent performances so mm. when he says he doesn't know what his best team is i think it's in two main areas probably so the first thing is to do with the wing backs um he's been playing emerson royal on the right and then starting games with perisic sesenyon played a few games here and there on the left as well mm. while matt Doherty hasn't yeah. really got that many minutes on the right but again he's unsure he's unsure where he is perisic gets hooked 55th minute the last game yeah. Whether that's to do with fitness or whether that's because he wasn't too happy because he actually switched him to the right side towards the end of the game or end of his cameo. So again, he doesn't know what's the best thing there. Perisic offers a lot going forward, but I think he's not very good defensively. You look at the stats in terms of sort of duels, in terms of tackles, he's bottom out of all those four mentioned, name mentioned just now. Yeah, And then the other part of the team where he's not sure is the midfield. So traditionally, he likes to play the 3-4-3, as you said, when we were talking about earlier, with Hoiberg and Bentacore in the middle, the base there, and then the two wing backs either side, and then the three of Son, Kane, Son, Kulusevsky. Kane and Kulusevsky, yep. Son was obviously benched the last game, uh, and Richarlison played on the left instead. But then he, towards the end of the Leicester game, he switches and put three in midfield, so you can see the traditional sort of top two of Kane and Son. And he co actually makes a comment towards the end of the game, and he says, you know, that's somewhere where we can work on, so... Yeah, and that's when I think I realised that the the game sort of changed. I mean, even though Spurs were up already, but uh, that's when they started to have uh, more control over the game and improved, right? Definitely, and again, how much of that is due to Leicester being probably one of the worst teams in the league at the moment, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think it's largely an unsettled team, so that makes them an unknown quantity. And then you look on the other side, Arsenal, I think, are the opposite. So Arteta has been putting in or envisioning this team for, what, the last two, three seasons, I would say, right? He's yeah. been working towards this. They've not really changed too much. They fit in pieces which were missing. So we talk about Jesus, we talk about Saliba, we talk about, uh, you know, the midfielders. 
So you're getting two sides in different sort of stages of the evolution. Um, so it'll be very interesting to say, but I think because of the home advantage and I, I don't know, I think Arsenal have been slightly better marginally. Uh, I think yeah. it's probably Arsenal's game to lose. Yeah, I think Rahul uh, touched on a lot of points on Spurs there. Vis, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Arsenal team slightly. I know we've talked about them at length uh, in the previous pods, but we have to highlight them again, especially Jesus and the front four, really. Jesus, Odegaard Martinelli uh, and Saka have had an amazing season and Saliba, as um, Rahul mentioned. Uh, so I guess... Yeah, what what are your thoughts on these uh, plays and how well they've done and how they're going to perform this game, do you think? Um, I definitely expect a good performance from Arsenal, but then we've seen in the past um, where Arsenal really lose is against the top six sides. I think they don't have it in them to sort of, you know, go yep. toe-to-toe with these teams. You know, it, it it can be, like you see, the United game, they control majority of the game, but, you know, when it mattered the most, they didn't deliver, essentially. Mm. So, yeah. and if you look at Conte's team, I know Rahul is saying, you know, they're largely unsettled team, things like that. But I feel Conte was set up in a way where it's so pragmatic to a point. you frustrate Arsenal's forwards. Yeah. And I can just see Son, you know, yeah. just running through and scoring, you know, on the counter. <laughs> and like, can already envision that. Yeah, I can already envision that. But then again, you know, it'd be nice to see Arsenal actually taking the game by the neck and dominating and winning that game. But I honestly don't see it happening. I really see Spurs winning this game. They okay, they really on. need to get this top six thing under wraps. I think in the best of cases, like you know, we always say you don't need to get results against top six to make top four. But then you have to be flawless against the bottom thirteen or fourteen, you know. You really you have to win home in a way. I think just avoiding defeat in the top six gives you a bit of leeway then. You know, so if you don't lose, yeah, especially home, like your home games, lah, right? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Try to win those yeah. or at least draw those. You know, I think yeah. that's important. And they have in the past. So the previous head-to-head is they got three wins and one draw uh, at home in the last four uh, Premier League games against Spurs. Mm. And Spurs actually have not beaten Arsenal away from home in the Premier League since 2010. So that's right. almost uh, 12 years. So they have an amazing record. I think the, the big question mark is I don't know if you guys have seen. Is Partey back fit or is he still injured? I think he's in contention for the game. I he's in contention. Oh, fine. I thought yeah, I saw something cause about cause him leaving the Ghana squad because he picked up a knee injury. Um, so I think I, I, that's the thing. La, they're so reliant on him. I think El Neni is out for a long time as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zinchenko and Odegaard are out as well. So injuries are... I think Odegaard is huge also for them yes. in terms of attacking. Yeah, in the front four. For sure. And on the Spurs side, uh, Loris, uh, Davies, as well as Perisic have a 50% chance according to yeah, some uh, experts for the injury. So those could be big misses as well, especially Loris in goal. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, considering all those points, uh, what do you, how do you guys think the game will go in terms of scores? I'll go to you first, Rahul. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Yeah, I think all three are very plausible, but I'm going to go for Arsenal 2-1. Arsenal two one okay. Vis, how about you? Um, Spurs two zero. Spurs two zero away win. Yeah, upset. away win. Yeah, I don't think Arsenal are gonna score one goal okay. against uh, Spurs. I think <laughs> for this one, I think that means you predicted both away wins, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> the pragmatic teams. Okay. So for this one, I think I will go for a draw. But I think ah. high, sco- high scoring draw. 3-3. 2-2. 3-3. Yeah, I can see that to be fair. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up our special episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it's something a bit different uh, considering there was the Queen's death, uh, R.I.P. Lizzie. R.I.P. And also <laughs> uh, <laughs> the international break. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you on the uh, next podcast when the games get played again. Take care. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.